finally, we get to talk about the one thing we love the most, music. So we're listening to stuff. We're going to talk to artists, bands, and musicians about their project and what inspired them to do what they love in all things music. Welcome back to Listening to Stuff, the side segment to We're Watching Stuff. This is going to be my last episode of the season, not in total. Last episode of the season this is going to be episode 12. And with me today is Kid Fitzy or... Mark. Mark. <laughs> cool. Mark, um, and Mark is over in the United Kingdom, right? UK. That's right. I live in London. I'm, as you can tell from my accent, I'm not originally from London, but I do live in London. Right. I originally come from Boston. Okay. I can hear it all. You know what I mean? Like I hear, I hear Boston and London. <laughs> it's so it's all grown on you. Yeah. Well, as, as I say in my Twitter page, we're we're a uh, London by way of Boston uh, folk rock project. <laughs> That's awesome. You're a song um, on the floor. Yeah. Yes. Has gotten a lot of buzz from my friends over here. They, I have been told that it should have been in a Tony Hawk pro skater game. I was, <laughs> That's I, was awesome. I was told or myself, I think it should be in several movies. Like there's like so many areas where when you do the on the floor part where you're just like, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. And you can just picture <laughs> every movie moment of it happening. That's why we love it. Well, that's actually um, the, the second really serious rock uh, and roll song that I wrote. Um, the first was called The Emissions Process from the second album. But this one I wanted to take to a whole new level. I wanted um, a breakdown that was going to like sort of take it away from the main rock and roll riff and, and, and just go into something really sort of melodic and almost, you know, sort of very chill and then bring it back into the main... <laughs> you know right right and um when i first when i first uh, wrote that song i had that riff in my head and i thought it was rather basic rather pearl i thought nah, i don't i don't know what i'm going to do with this so i thought about it and i thought about it and then i just wrote it down practiced it on my acoustic guitar and thought yeah why the hell not right. you know write the song demo it see how it sounds and after i demoed it i loved it i said yeah this is going to be the lead off track to the next album for right. sure <laughs> nice you always know, you, there's always the one, as a musician, you can always find the one where you're like, that's going to be the one. It's that one right there. Oh, absolutely. I think I, I, think I have a good um, ear for what song it should be first on an album, you know? Right. I do really like, uh, I learned how to play guitar a lot. Is oh, that, I had to play the guitar so I could be a star? I had to be a guitar, yeah, so I could be a star. Yeah, I really like that one because it feels raw and it's the acoustic kind of uh acoustic kind of rock that i enjoy a lot so yeah the acoustic guitar really st stood out in that one um interesting side note you had the happy pill academy on um a couple episodes on lt um lts nice. and um and he actually did the electric guitars on that one okay cool nice i miss him yeah he, he offered to do me um, a favor he offered to appear on the album and so i said if you could just do a, an electric guitar track for this i'd be most grateful and uh yeah he came through that's awesome I'm jealous. I wish I could go do that for you guys or have you guys on a few. Oh, I mean, you guys can be on a few of mine. I have an Atlas 11 online project if you ever want to sing. It's a cold. I don't sing. I just write instrumentals. Then I'm like, hey, if you feel the lyrics, 
then go for it. <laughs> but, hey, if you ever have any, yeah, send me some songs your way. I'm always willing to provide uh, vocals for them if uh, if you want. I mean, I'm not, I'm sorry, not the best singer in the world, as you may have uh, oh, heard, but uh, I could certainly give it a try. But yeah, I'll be inter- I'd be interested to be to get involved with anything you've got going on. Right, especially since we're all quarantined, we got to do some sort. Yeah, Atlas Eleven is an online project, so I the idea of it is just to collab with any musician that really wants to be a part of it and. So I just make instrumentals. Uh, my dr- I have a drummer. Um, I don't know how to like. He's like my my. He's my uncle's husband, so he's like my my uncle in law. <laughs> uh, but he plays. No, uh, it's off. <laughs> he plays drums for uh, Atlas Eleven, and I do all the guitars and some of the synth, sometimes bass. I I've been collabing with bass and some synthesizers, but I usually get all sorts of vocalists. So I think I got one that can send yeah. you away. That's gonna be exciting. Well, well, sometimes, some, sometimes family, no matter you know, no matter how you know far removed they may be, um, are the best uh, people to hook up with in order to um, make a make a musical project. Right, exactly. All right, let me let me get on to you now. So, how long have you been playing music? I actually started. Um, see, <laughs> I'm not going to give my age away here. I'm just going to state flat out that I'm 50 years old and. Um, I was seven years old in 1977 when uh, Billy Joel's The Stranger came out. Nice. And that album moved me in ways that I just cannot even begin to describe. I was just instantly smitten with it. That's awesome. And, um, and I, just, I, just, I would just listen to it over and over again and wonder how they did it. Mm-hmm. And that passion, that desire for how, you know, how do you make music, how do you record, I mean, what goes on in the studio, that never left me. Right. And um, and it wasn't actually until a few years ago when I made my first album that I actually find out found out what the studio process was all about. And up until then, I just was playing in bands and I was playing by myself, just simply putting on and uh, you know putting on a few tracks and playing along with my bass and my guitar right. or my drum set in the cellar when I still lived at home in Boston. You know, it's just something that never left me. And um, so yeah, I just simply decided to pursue that that interest because something happened to me a couple of years ago where I got a bad flu. And when I came out of it, I wanted to do something special to celebrate the fact that I was still alive, you know. Right, and right. Uh, and the idea of recording an album was uh, what sprang to mind. Definitely, I think that's kind of what sparked Atlas Eleven for me as well. So I'm glad that I can like relate to you on like a personal level. So that's awesome. And yeah, it's just it's just one of those things, you know. It's one of those things, it, it, you know. You sort of like put it in the back burner, don't you? You know, you like oh, I've got plenty of time in my life to get to this and, you know, and I'll pursue this later. And then later becomes, you know, many years later and you think, damn, it's now or never, you right. know? Yeah. Um, what, uh, so who, or I guess, uh, what did you, re- did you release an album or uh, a couple of tracks after that? After the incident? Well, what I did, the first, the first album was called Night Job. Um, I had actually, I had actually written some, I got my first, um, my first acoustic guitar in, uh, 2005 and I was really into writing. I, I was into music theory. I was writing as much like the guitar. And so I started writing some songs. I wrote three songs then that eventually appeared on the 2017 album, which was my debut, right. um, night job. But, uh, the first song I wrote for that actual album was a song called what can you do rats? And it was just the, the, the the sweetest little folk song, you know, that just popped to my head. I was actually sweet. I, I knew I worked nights, you know, hence right, night job. Right. And so I woke up 
bolt upright out of bed at uh, at like one in the afternoon with this tune in my head, and so I, I wrote it down, and then and then grabbed my guitar and did a demo and thought, yes, I've got something here, and right. uh, that that rest of the album just revolved around that one song, and so that was cool. So I uh, did most of the guitar at home here in the uh, in the kitchen, which also serves as my uh, home recording studio. Hey, it's, got, it's got a it's, good It's a good room. It, it, <laughs> as soon as you close the big door in here, the, uh, the, it just deadens in here. The audio just deadens, so it's a good place to record. Right, and my apartment's and, um, kind of the same. It's a big bass trap, weirdly. <clears throat> yep. And so... Um, yeah, so I did all the guitar, and then I thought, how am I going to do this? I mean, I was really green about how to record at the time. I did not know how to add vocals, too. I didn't have multi-tracking or any of that stuff. Right. So I thought, okay, I'll go to the studio up the street and mm. record there. And from there, that you know, it just I just got the taste for it right away for the recording life. And uh, oh, yeah. recorded my second album entirely in the studio. And then when it came time for the third album, it was just a hodgepodge. I did some at home. I did some at the studio. I did some at um, at a at a friend's place. You know, it's just I kind of traveled around a bit. But, some uh, at a coffee shop. We got the, we got the third album park, done. You know, I thought it, ten, 10 months in the making, though. Oh yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I mean, like that's usually, you know, when the good the longer it takes, is you know, the more the better it's going to be, you know. <clears throat> but oh, absolutely. No, absolutely, because I mean, the, the first two albums were uh, kind of rush jobs. I just wanted to get them out there. You know, I, I wrote my songs and got them out there with very sparse um, instrumentation, just very, um, well, no fight's not the word, but minimalist. Right. You know what I mean? And then when it came time for the third album, I thought, no, this one is going to be, <laughs> I joked to family and friends that this is going to be the Purple Rain of Fitzdragon <laughs> <laughs> in terms of production and all that, you know, just very slick. Right. You know, and um, and so I spent a lot of time trying to, you know, arrange people to take part and um, and contribute to it. And I wasn't disappointed. They, you know, all my friends and collaborators and associates really came through for me, and I'm uh, and I'm grateful for it. That's awesome. So, how so? How long would you say Fitz Dragon has been a band or a group or a, or a thing? You know. <laughs> well, I would say that. Um, Again, it started in 2017, 2017. Um, when I recorded the first album, Night Job. I had no idea at the time what Fist Dragon was actually going to be. That was actually a moniker for myself, right. you know. But then, um, shortly after the second album was released, I was talking to a few um, friends at the studio, and I was saying, you know, I really ought to, I really want to start looking at Fitz Dragon as a project rather than as you know, as you know, as a, um, a solo, thing. right. And so I said, so I got to think of a name for myself within that project. And, um, and so I was like, uh, Fitzy, Fitzy, Kid Fitzy. I'm like, yeah, Kid Fitzy. I, so I'm like, hey, I'll uh-huh. be Kid Fitzy, and my musical project will be known as Fitz Dragon. Fitz so Dragon. It just seemed to work. It just seemed to, it just seemed to move me in a direction that I wanted to go, the name change. You That's know? awesome. Did you help um, Happy Pill with his Dragon EP? I didn't actually um, help him with that. I did appear. Um, I did do. I did do spoken vocals on a um, on an earlier track of his oh, called okay. "And Then the Black." But um, but that's the only collaboration I've done with him so far. I would love to work with him more, but it's you know it's, it's up to him. Right, and it's and it's quarantined. <laughs> I just didn't know because uh, yeah, Fitz Dragon and the the Dragon EP just would have been really cool. <laughs> I do actually have oh, a track absolutely. name. 
named Dungeons, so Fitzdragon and Dungeons. Oh, you might be getting a track from me later. <laughs> well, dra- dragons and you know dragoons and dungeons and all that stuff—that's really popular in the culture right now. So I think I've hit upon something by taking the name Fitzdragon. Oh yeah. So if definitely. anybody wants to call me up and try to you know want to wants to get together on a little collaboration, I'm I'm open. You know. <laughs> so did you hear that? Open to collaborations, everyone. Get at get at Fitzdragon or Kid Fitzy or or Mark. <laughs> Um, well, Mark's the real name, but hey, you know, I, I'm willing to go eighty twenty. You know, right. I think that's fair. Uh, <laughs> no, what is your <laughs> what's your most recent release, or was the last release in 2017? Actually, uh, you mentioned the um, the I had to play the guitar so it could be a star song. I actually did a remix and re-recording of that oh. uh, using the same guitars from Matt, but um, but I just added a um, a rhythm track to it. And uh, on a different vocal track, and I think it turned out really well. You can find that on Spotify or Bandcamp. It's, it's, it's called I ha- the same title. I had to uh, I had to I had to play I had to play the guitar so I could be a star twenty, oh. and that's the new version of it. And I'm really proud of that one. Awesome! I'll go I did it. That. You know, I, I just you know mixed it all myself one day and thought, hey, this sounds good. this sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> because what I wanted to do was I wanted to get full justice to um, to Matt's guitar work. Right, because on the uh, on the album version it was kind of um, chopped up a bit, but here I let it just go fully. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Do you have any future plans or future releases? But I mean, I guess apart from, like I said, we're shut in, so we can't really gig. Well, I don't even know what it's like over there for you right now. Uh, it's pretty much the same. It's pretty much we've. Um, yeah, we're told not to go outside except for essentials, you know, one hour of exercise or if you have to go to the pharmacy or the, um, okay. or the grocery store, you know, but it, it's pretty much the same thing. You're not really, you know, supposed to be outside. And, uh, right. you know, the police here love to uh, take, you know, take, you know, aggregate powers that they're not, well, not aggregate, that's the wrong word, but they're, they like to um, aggregate powers that they don't really have to tell you to uh, to go back home. So. Okay. You know what are you going to do? You know you've got uh, you've got a lockdown order and the police there to enforce it. You right. know even though they're not officially you know they're given the power to do so. Right, right. But anyway, uh, I've, I'm happy to stay inside and just ride this thing out. Um, I go back to work tomorrow night actually, but I think I'm I think I'm all set to do so. But uh, but yeah, it's pretty much the same here as it is in the states. Okay. Um, but I am looking forward to um, to when the lockdown ends so I can get into the studio and record. I've done a lot of demos. Okay. And I think I've got most of what I want um, demo-wise so that I can just head into the studio, play it for the producer and the engineer so they can get an idea of what I want and then just simply launch into it and get this get the fourth album out by the end of the summer, I'm hoping. Nice. And are you planning an EP, an album, a couple of singles? And it's going to be another album, um, nice. ten, 10 songs, I think. So it won't cool. be as long as the last one, but it will be it'll still be a, a pretty good album, 10 songs. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, 10. Yeah, I think it typically goes 10 to 12, or 8, 10, 12, I think is what it is. So I think you're good. <laughs> yeah, as long as you've got enough songs on there. I've heard I've heard it said that the music industry, um, music industry, when they're checking out new bands or new acts, what they do is they listen to the first track, the fourth track, the seventh, and the tenth. So if you've got at least 10 on there, they're hearing all four. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. That's good to know. <laughs> Yeah, I read that somewhere. I don't remember where, but I, you know, I, I've done a lot of reading on the music business since I first started. 
doing this project. And that's one of the things that I read. <laughs> nice. Um, uh, another question that I like asking uh, the musicians I talk to is like, as I mean, as a musician, who musically did you listen to growing up that inspired you to continue to write or start writing or there's got to be a band that you're just like more and more of besides um because you mentioned bruce springsteen uh, or billy, joel. Springs, who, billy joel yeah sorry oh my god <laughs> um i would say that oh um <laughs> corbin uh my musical influences are far and wide. Um, I would say that I was most heavily influenced by, and this is going back from when I was a kid, through my teenagers, through my 20s. Uh, I loved everything from the Monkees to the Psychedelic Furs to the Ramones. Nice. Um, oh, jeez, who else influenced me? Um, I can hear the Ramones. So many great bands out there. I, I, like, um, I like what Foxygen does these days. You know, it's just a lot of influences. That's awesome. That's good. I mean... Yeah, I mean, inspiration, that always helps write the album, become who you are, and then you grow from it. Um, Absolutely. And I've gotten... You start I, off... I, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I'm just, I'm just running through my, my list of things, and I think I've asked you everything except for... I usually typically ask everyone their favorite movie or top three movies if... If you know we don't have, if you don't have any other rele- releases to announce, do you have any live videos or music videos? I actually have some videos of me performing um, in the in the recording studio itself. I've got a few um, of me just playing my acoustic um, online, but no, but no, like officially polished videos. I, I want to start work on that. I actually want to do do want to. Um, I do. Do one is video of um, I had to play the guitar so I could be a star and on the floor. Those are two songs that I really am itching to do videos for. Right. But I've got to find the people to film them and uh, and get it done. And and uh, I'm on a, I'm on a shoestring budget at the moment. So anything that I any money that I do have is just going to go towards the fourth album. And you know, but I know that at some point I'm going to have to uh, invest in videos. That's you know that's well, pretty. I mean, that would be pretty. Yeah. A studio video is pretty good to me. I like studio behind studio stuff. As an engineer, I'm I'm a sucker for watching that stuff. I don't even care what like is going on. I just enjoy the atmosphere and people doing their thing and their element. So I'll go and watch it. For oh yeah, I mean if if you want if yeah if you want to see me just uh, doing my thing, absolutely. And um, what I can do, Corbin, is I can send you a link to my. Um, youtube page after we're done here so you can check them out hell yeah that would be awesome yeah do you i'll uh, do it then you said i was gonna mention something about music videos i'm probably like because i like brainstorming stuff and i'll probably listen to your song a few more times on the floor and if i think of something I'll, i'll let you know do you have any ideas for on the floor for what it would be as a music video I'm thinking it would be a lot of uh, really <laughs> just sort of like very sassy moves on stage or something like that. I, I, I love to get the uh, the lighting going in the uh, live room to the studio I record at, and and then just have just bring some some guests in just to sit behind the drum set and then take over the bass and all that stuff. And I would just sort of like if you've ever seen again going back to Billy Joel here, but if you've ever seen the video for Big Shot, that's kind of like what I want to do for on the floor. Okay. But do it my way, you know? 
Right. I'm trying to think. I'm going through the ones I remember. Yeah, he's he's, he's doing his. Yeah, Joe's doing his Mick Jagger moves, and he's laying <laughs> on top of the piano with one foot in the air. And yeah, yeah that just seems so cool okay. to me as a kid, you know. <laughs> I see. You could do like every time you say "on the floor," you could just you could play through the entire song on the floor on your back with a guitar, and then every time you say "on the floor," it cuts to that. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh no, I've got some great ideas as how to do it. Maybe yeah. do some like um, during the during the um, chorus bit on the floor, yeah. you know, just oh, like have oh. it like flash to me and then flash to the guitarist and flash to the drummer, you know, yeah, that sort of thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the drummer on the floor. How is he doing that? He <laughs> could be on the floor, like up. So the drum set is basically up in the air, and he's on his back playing, doing the cameras up above him. But I don't know. It's confusing. <laughs> Ooh, Corbin, that's an interesting idea. I didn't think of that one. Yeah, I'll have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> the drummer's really going to enjoy I can, that. I can, see, I can see it in my head right now, dude. Yeah, it's going to be, that'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, I'm going to wrap things up with uh, your favorite movies. Uh, since we are a seg- uh, podcast movie segment, I like to kind of like see what course, people have been watching or what they really like from any time, any era, anywhere. I've got, I watch so many movies. I listen to so much music that... I don't know. I nothing has really, nothing is really closed for me. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, movie wise, um, well, first off the bat, um, I have to say my favorite movie of all time is um, 2001: A Space Odyssey. Nice, classic. Just love it. The cinematography, just a sense of sparseness, and just how creepy some scenes are. It's right. just, that was just the ultimate movie. The vibe, the sound, the feel, like the intensity it gives you. The colors, yeah. Oh, the colors. Yeah, the yes. colors, man, the colors. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love it. I just, just love it. I mean, Kubrick was just a genius oh, with yeah. that movie. Um, one movie that really fucked me up when I was a kid, <laughs> but I'm okay with it now, is um, one of Spielberg's earliest Um Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh, Third Kind, okay. See, I don't think... Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've ever watched that movie yet. <laughs> well, there's a lot going on there. I mean, you got the abduction scene in the, in the farmhouse kitchen. You've got the, you know, they got, you got the family breakdown going on with Roy and his family in Indiana, and then you know the whole trip up to Devil's Tower. It's just, I mean, it, it blew my mind as an eight year old. But uh, right now, I, I, I can watch it and just think, <laughs> you know, I can laugh at it now. But right. holy crap, man! As, as a kid, it just, it just, oh. The one like that, I think, my head in. for me as a kid, I think it was Signs. Signs only freaked me out because of the the under-the-door reach that, like, that wigged me out for nights, you know? I always thought I was, like, I was dreaming that I was looking under a door and then an alien tried reaching for me, you know? And, like, that was the only thing, though. <laughs> we, sorry, Cor- sorry, Corbin, which movie was this? Oh, Signs. Oh, Signs. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. I, Never saw that one, actually. Oh. I'll have, uh, have to check it out. After I have to see what gave you nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like now, I just look away because I know, like as an adult, I'm like, I'm gonna remember this. It's not gonna give me a nightmare yeah. because I'm an adult, but I'm gonna remember it and I'm gonna dream about it. And I don't want to. <laughs> so, but no, yeah, it's just the it's somewhere where he goes to ch- check on a doctor, and uh, Mel Gibson's looking under a door, and someone reaches out or an alien reaches out to grab him, and. Uh, and it's just always freaked me out since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, that would. Uh, yeah, that sounds legit, man. That sounds perfectly <laughs> legit. And I'll blame you there. Do you have any? Uh, do you have one more? One more good favorite, likable movie that you can watch all the time, even if it's a guilty pleasure. One that like people are like, why? Why do you watch this movie? And you're just like, because. <laughs> well, actually, I'm gonna borrow one from uh, from uh, our friend Matt. That is. Um, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Fear and Loathing, nice. Yeah. I like that one. That's one we share in common. Yeah, I love that film. It's just so wacky and weird, and you don't even have to be on anything when you watch that. I mean, right. you you will feel as if you're on something when you right. watch that. <laughs> right, even with Benicio in it, or I guess mostly Johnny Depp's role, too, will make you feel like that, but Benicio really makes you feel paranoid sometimes, too. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, that's that's performance in that. I mean, you can really believe he was um, Hunter S. Thompson. I mean, it's just amazing. His movements, his tone, his timber of voice, just all that stuff was just you know, it was amazing. And uh, right. of course, you know Benicio del Toro. He was uh, <laughs> as Doctor Gonzo. Holy crap, he was terrifying. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love him. I'm glad that he's become more like I. Part of me hates that he's like he's in Marvel movies, he's in Star Wars movies, so he's basically owned by Disney, but the other part of me is like, I'm just happy to be seeing him in movies. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, um, you know, I mean, <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. is uh, still doing the Dr. Doolittle thing, so, you know, oh. here you take what you can get. <laughs> right. Well. Oh, on that note, I, I have to, speaking of Robert Downey Jr., I, I would have to um Probably plays Fear and uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas in a tie with 1969. I do like that film a lot too. Okay. Nice. Yeah, Keith Sutherland and Robert Downey Jr. Good oh, film. Keith Sutherland. Okay, I don't think I've seen that one. Then again, I think I've seen very little Robert Downey Jr. besides his roles in Sherlock and uh, Marvel Universe. But I did just watch the one with Keanu. And some others, and it had that like funny animation to the to the video based off a book. I can't remember for the life of me what that movie is called. Oh yeah, yeah. Shit. Oh, I'll probably remember it later, and I'll text you. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. I, I like to pursue it. <laughs> I uh, no, I I yeah, I haven't. Oh wait, I did love Tropic Thunder with Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Another one I haven't seen. Oh. I have, to, I have to look that one up, too. That one's like the superstar comedy action bullcrap that is hilarious. So, like, if you love Ben Stiller, Jack Black, uh, Robert Downey Jr., and Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> then you'll really, really enjoy this movie because it's about actors being thrown into the into the wild to make to straighten them up and to get them to actually act like they've seen shit, but they're secretly wow, filming them as well. <laughs> so, that sounds like quite a feat for the discerning critic. <laughs> yes, it's pretty fun because it's just these spoiled actors getting you know shit on, and it's pretty funny. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, I hope to be able to chat about that someday. Yes, definitely. Well. I do like to encourage everyone to come back for another episode whenever you feel like it. Just message me and we'll plan and set things up. And since okay. since I basically interviewed you this time, it would just be more of a hangout and just chat what we're doing and all that stuff. And yeah. 
yeah, maybe sometime in the future, later this year, I'd, I'd love to do it. Awesome. Well, I think that's all I have for listening to stuff today. Thank you, uh, Kid Fitzy or Mark, for joining. Mark or Kid Fitzy, whatever. Mark's the real name. Kid Fitzy's the stage name. It's all good. <laughs> Remember to listen to Fitz Dragon on Spotify and Bandcamp. And is there more places? Sorry, now? Uh, can you stream on iTunes? Oh, yeah, you can stream it on iTunes. It's on Spotify, um, Bandcamp. Uh, but, yeah, it's all the stores, all the digital music stores. You can all find the it digital there. stuff. All right, listen to Fitz Dragon. Thank you again for listening. See you later.